Hey everybody, my name is Drew. Welcome to the podcast today. I am a college student, a husband, brother, a son, a golfer in training, but most importantly, I am a son of God, a child of the covenant, and a disciple of Jesus Christ. My prayer here today is that I can help someone, anyone, to come closer to Christ. I want to help others to understand and better understand myself how Jesus can have an impact on our daily lives. For this first trial run of the Christ Is podcast, I want to ask one of my best friends, Josh, to join me and share some of his experiences. So, Josh, Hello. let's jump right into it. Can you uh, just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Josh Oswald. I am a student as well, a brother, a son, if you want to get back into those great uh, adjectives. I am a part-time student, full-time employee, um, just someone trying to live their best life, trying to grow closer to Christ every day struggling like everyone does of course right and trying to get through those struggles uh maybe let's give the listeners a little bit of our story oh yeah so i met josh back in california when i lived in california i couldn't tell you what year it was though 2014 or 2015 nine years ago now Uh wow crazy holy cow so josh moved to california and where were you before you came to california Uh, i was up in idaho um i was just yeah, that was, wow, freshman year of high school, just playing a lot of band, you know, going, running a lot of track. Uh, and then my parents moved us down. My dad got a new job in California, and so I moved down and we tried to find a location where we could all fit in. That felt right. Um, there was a lot of prayer going into that decision of where we'd end up, and I think we definitely got led to the right spot. I don't know if you remember this, but we moved into a uh, an apartment that was way outside the ward boundaries, and we should not have been in the ward that we were at. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't remember it. And so we, uh, but we found that ward, and we're like, okay, we need a, a place to be in this ward. We have to find a house that is in these limits so that we could we could be a part of this ward, and we found one. It was fantastic, and that led us all to to find each other, to find the friend group, the support group that we had going on. Right, because there was just the four of us that were like our same age. Yep. Us two and then two other buddies. And I remember it made uh, made Sundays a lot more bearable at church to yep. have, like, have friends. It's Seminary too. Seminary, yeah, that's true. Waking <laughs> up early in the morning made it survivable. And yeah, then I felt like as time went on and as we got older, we started hanging out more and more. Yeah. And then one of the coolest things for me i think was when we all came back from serving missions and then we did like that the facetime yeah we all called each other and we were like bro (laughs) it was so sick that was great and i think what was really cool is seeing each other grow over those like three years that we were apart right because i had left and then you guys had all left later Mm -hmm. then i got back and by the time we were all back had been three years um and the two things that struck me were like how much more mature everybody was We'd all grown, yeah. And two, but how easy it was to go back into just being friends, and how fast it was to just be like, oh yeah, it's just the homies. It's mm-hmm. just us being back together. Definitely. And I was talking about this with uh, my nephew actually. That it, it was easier to come back and be friends with you guys because we had the base of religion of the church. Yeah. So we came back and it was, it was faith, like a fundamental right. connection that we had to go back on. And so it's easier to pick that up when when you're with someone who is a fellow disciple of Christ. It's easier yeah. to just kind of pick it up and roll with it because there's just a lot of love there, you know? Yeah, and I think uh, that goes across denominations too. I remember when I came back, it was a lot easier to connect to other people 
Um, part of it was probably because I was going on a mission and spending a lot of time dedicated to Christ like right. all the time. But when I came back, there was people that like may not have been of the same denomination, mm-hmm. but still was way easier to connect with. And um, like I still talk to those people, maybe not as frequently because they're very far away. And I think another huge point was we got together really quick, but uh, it was just really nice to see how that spread mm-hmm. to everyone. It was great. Now let's jump into the meat of the podcast. So I want to start off by asking you a question, Josh. Yeah. To you, in a few words, Christ is what? When I when I got this question, I thought of one word. Christ is my brother. I think over this past little bit, that's been the biggest um, and most important uh, word that I can describe to him. Uh, recently, especially in my struggles in all the challenges that I've gone through, his role as a brother, as just someone who's there to comfort me, to struggle there with me, especially as um, my actual brother um, is in the Philippines, the farthest he's ever been away from me. Right. Um, I felt like I was really scared when he left that I lost that. But in that distance um, and seeing him leave, I've grown closer to Christ as my brother and finding the same comfort um, in him that I used to find in my actual earthly brother. Wow, that's awesome. Tell us a little bit more about the experiences that you've had throughout your life and building up to this point where it's brought that knowledge that, that Christ is your brother. Yeah, where I would want to start background information in my relationship with Christ when I was growing up in high school, right? Going to high school, going to the seminary that we were talking about. Christ was more of a distant leader to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, an example, for sure, my savior, definitely, but distant. Kind of like the president of the United States. Like yeah. you know, you know that he's there. You know that he's important. Right. But not so much. Right. You don't know the president. Right. 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 Exactly. I don't have that like familiar connection with him. Um, and I knew that uh, again, like the president. Right. There's rules and regulations that come from the White House mm-hmm. that we got to follow. And I knew that there was rules from Christ that he, the commandments that we had to follow. And so I was very set on following those. And I knew it was my duty to do that. That shaped a lot of my relationship and a lot of my. Um, perception of the church, my interaction with the church uh, and with people and the culture from that. But then as I grew and developed and I got into these really difficult circumstances where I feel like um, my faith was challenged, one of those instances would be me moving. When uh, I came back uh, to Idaho after my parents had moved while I was away. This is after you'd come, you already moved from Idaho to California. Yeah, I had moved from Idaho to California. Then I had went to Peru and then came back. My parents had moved again back to Idaho. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came back. I didn't know anybody. Had zero friends connections. Just my family that was there. And I was old enough to be ready to get out of the house, going to college. And I knew that that was important, but I wasn't quite quite there yet. I needed to save up a little money and go work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just felt distant from everybody. Even in my experiences with the church, they were definitely great, wonderful people there to help me out, but I just felt distant. And in those moments, I really needed to focus down on the fundamentals, on the real basis of our faith, right, which is in Christ, and look to him. You know, I would love to say that that was like a a short couple-week process, even a couple-month process, and then I was solid, and then I had that relationship, and I could rely on on it forever. But in truth, it's still developing now, goodness, more than a year later. Um, where I'm still having moments recently, I've uh, felt that same kind of distance my with my brother leaving, um, mm-hmm. going to the Philippines. My parents just 
yesterday are in the Provo MTC Mission Training Center. I'm preparing to leave to go on a mission that be farther away than they've ever been. And I'm, I remember feeling just that same uh, loneliness kind of creep in, not necessarily of like lack of, of connections of people, but just the lack of the deep support system that I right, had. Your family, your family isn't there, they're yeah. not close by. And so in those moments where I felt that overwhelming feeling of, of loneliness, it's, it was really important to me to, to get on my knees and pray and try to look for my savior as a brother, as someone that could be there with me. Um, and as I studied for that, and as I looked in the scriptures, searching for him as that su- kind of support system, I found a lot. Um, my understanding was increased, especially in the gospels, studying the gospels with John, um, how he talks, how John talks about uh, Christ enhances that value of someone that's always there, always present, someone that has the responsibility to help us out and is eager and willing to come and help us when we need it. I like what you're saying there about the the dedication that Christ has as our brother and his willingness to come and help us. Because earthly brothers, they're fantastic, right? But because of the, the circumstances in our mortal lives, they can't be there 24-7. Yeah. Like you mentioned, your brother, he's he's on a mission. Yeah, shout out to Boaz. Shout great, out to Boaz. Great guy. Can't always be there when I need him. We love you, Boaz. <laughs> Same thing. My brother, he's a police officer in Salt Lake, yeah. but I don't see him that often. This morning, right. I got to go golfing with him. It was great. Went oh, to the driving awesome. range, hit a few balls. But, you know, I don't know when I'm going to see him next just because of life. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's that difference between our earthly brothers and our celestial brother, Jesus right. Christ. He's always there. And you mentioned um, the scriptures and how that helped you develop that relationship with Christ, where you changed from just a distant figure to being someone who's actually there present in your life. Yeah, 100%. So let's open up to the scriptures. What would you like to share that teaches us about Christ being our brother? Okay, this might be a little bit of a stretch, but it's something that I've been reading recently this last week mm-hmm. that sure. I just really struck a chord with me. So it was in John 1, 12. And so this is a part of John, like the introductory part where John the disciple is expressing who Christ is, um, his job, his gospel, his position that he has um, in coming down to us before even going into his life. It's just talking about Christ's position. Going into, we'll start in verse 10. It says, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believed on his name. And so in my position, I'm looking at the scripture, verse 12, as someone that I need his power to become sons of God, right? And in becoming a son of God, I become a brother of Christ. I was talking about this with a couple people and they were talking about the word power and how power is not really descriptive. Um, and I like to think of what that power is. And so when I think of the power of Christ, I think of the power to change, to be able to do something. And someone had mentioned that in Spanish, the word poder, right is mm-hmm. power and it means to be able to do something and so i looked it up in spanish uh what the word was but it wasn't what i expected it's not poder, it wasn't poder. it's potestad and potestad i had to look it up because i'm not as good at spanish as i thought i was <laughs> but it means authority and so that's giving gave he authority to become the sons of god interesting and so when i thought of that um i think of christ and how he has the authority to help us Right? He's given that authority by God to be the one that we go to to change. Mm-hmm. 
And um, at least in my experience, when I think about someone with authority, it comes with that word of responsibility. And it's someone that you go to, and then together you work out a problem. Um, if I have a, uh, my, my manager at my work, uh, my supervisor, Lori, if I have a problem, I go to her and I say, hey, Lori, I messed up. <laughs> I need help fixing this. But together we work through it. And she gives her insight. She gives the experience that she has and her encouragement. And then I put my part in. I do the work. I, mm -hmm. I make the call. I, I go in and, and do the research, whatever I need to do. And then we fix the problem together. And so that helped me realize that that was Christ's role. He wasn't some faraway figure. He wasn't someone I had to send a request to and wait for a response. It was someone that I go to consciously um, asking for help, not asking for a solution, but asking for help. And then together we work towards a solution. I um, love that. And I think an important part of that too is the beginning of verse 12. It says, but as many as received him. And so there is a sense of personal responsibility that we all have, that we have to receive Christ first. Yeah. We have to open up to mm -hmm. him. To, to let him into our lives. You know, going back to your example of work, you had to apply for the job and mm -hmm. go to work every day mm -hmm. to get access to that person of authority. It's right. like the same in our lives. And I, I just remember you described that too, that when you had that, that sense of loneliness from moving to Idaho to a new place, to not knowing people, was that you had to get on your knees and dive into the scriptures mm -hmm. and take actions of faith that opened the door for Christ to come in and have that role of authority. Yeah. And that's definitely exactly what it was. I had to let him in. And I think I had mentioned, well, I might have misspoke when I was describing this. I think I said the word, like, I go to him. But honestly, like it says here, we have to receive him. Christ comes to us. Mm -hmm. He's constantly there asking to help us figure out our problems. And then we just, like you said, you have to open the door, have to let him in. Um, we have to put in work. We don't just say, okay, you know, my, I, I tried, my hands are off, you do it for me. But we let him come into our lives and help us out with the parts that we're struggling with and the parts that we're excelling at and make them better. And as we allow him that relationship, that familiar relationship, like a mm -hmm. brother would be, yeah, to come in and be just part of our everyday life, he can raise us up and allow us to become better than we could before. And I love what Elder Holland said about Christianity. He said, if you remember that Christianity isn't comfortable, yeah. but it is comforting. And that our nature is that we want, like you were saying, we want Christ to just do everything for us, to just mm -hmm. take our problems and magically fix them without us having to do anything. We right. want it to be comfortable. But in fact, the opposite is true, is that we do have to take action and, and work. And we receive that comfort from Christ as a result. Mm -hmm. And I think along with that, um, we are constantly working to become better, to become sons of God, to to achieve a higher level of divinity right to become like god and christ are to uh to mirror their attributes to change fundamental part of ourselves and that's a inherently uncomforting <laughs> right uh, uh trying a difficult experience that we go through one of my favorite sayings is uh, it's uh, it was originally about journalism but it has been applied to uh, Christ in, in the church that uh, it's not only the job of, of church or religion to comfort the afflicted, but to afflict the comfortable. And that when we are hurting and we need that comfort, that it, Christ is there immediately ready to help us out. But when we get too comfortable, when we are relaxing, we're not growing. We're not becoming what we need to become. And so we are given struggles. 
And then the real great blessing is that in those struggles, we have help and we can rely on someone, on Christ to help us out of those. And even in those struggles, we can be happy and we can have joy and we can help others and experience a fullness of life and an achievement of our goals. Wow. This is awesome. I love this. I love everything you've been saying and I totally agree with it. I can feel I can feel the spirit testifying that it is the truth. Now my next question for you is mm-hmm. let's take all these things that we've been talking about about Christ being our brother, the relationship, him giving us that strength and guidance that we need, comfort. So now if someone came up to you and they said, Josh, I've going through the struggle, man. I I just I feel lonely all the time and I want to feel connected to, to Jesus but it's just not happening for me right now right and I need that peace in my life what would what would be the advice or guidance that you would give them yeah at least if I was talking to someone in my circumstance first thing don't be too hard on yourself as you look at yourself in the negative light or overly criticize what you're doing you distance yourself from God and his grace his forgiveness his ability to come in um, the number one thing in my head that was driving me away from Christ from going to that help was my own sense that I wasn't worthy of it. But that's not how it is. It's a little prideful of us to think oh, that yeah. we're not worthy of Jesus. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. It 100% is. And that's something I struggle with all the time. So first thing first, don't go too hard on yourself. Two, get priorities straight. There are things that are important in our lives. There are things that are necessary and vital in our lives. And there are things that are good. And we need to make sure that those are in order and we put the right emphasis on those. I was struggling really hard with social relationships, um, feeling lonely. I feel like I needed a lot of a lot of people to help me um, overcome that sense. I was struggling with work, with school, with balancing the whole lot. And I put that above my relationship with God. And that was a real struggle to, to fix. But as I did, as I put that effort into put God first, put Christ first, put my relationship with them first, put that effort into to allow them into my life, everything else fell into place. And as I relaxed a little bit and didn't hold on so tight and didn't have so much anxiety and and concern about fixing my life myself, as I let that go and first developed that relationship with Christ and then allowed him into my life to help me fix those things, it was so much easier. And that was really what allowed me to develop that closeness and overcome that loneliness is as I was working on something with him. As I allowed my brother to come with me on my journey, look at the different tasks that I had, the different problems that I was going through, my goals, as I was able to allow him to help me with that, I developed a closeness with him and that relationship that overcame that loneliness where I knew that someone was always in my corner. Someone was always there when I needed to talk, when I needed to let to vent, to let out my frustration. Someone was always there and he's a perfect listener because he'll let you vent and then when you ask for advice he'll give it to you and so then in those same instances where I was worried about um, applying for jobs and how to get in and uh, where to find a place to work uh, to stay to to live uh, what apartment I should move into and and how I should figure all that out budgeting 
as I was worried about all those things and I asked for his advice, he'd give it to me, usually through other people or through reading the scriptures and, and again, trying to align my priorities, but he would always give that. And that overcame that sense of loneliness that I was feeling. Wow. That's all I can say, man. I absolutely love this. I've loved everything you've shared. I feel like I've grown significantly close to you in just these, what, 20, 30 minutes? Yeah, there we, there we go. Together. We should do this more often. Yeah, I think we <laughs> should. And is there anything else that you, that you want to add just as we finish up now that you would like our listeners to hear? Yeah. And just to end, I want to say that I know that life is hard and it's purposefully hard it's designed to be hard and difficult yeah but just as it is designed to be difficult it is designed to be enjoyed and the literal definition of finding joy in life um i know that even though there are times where it seems too dark too sad too lonely um too separated that life really can be enjoyed at all times as long as we focus on god on christ I know that he is always thinking about us. I know that he's always there. He's always worried. He always appreciates it when we reach out to him and let him in. I know that we are given the tools that we need in order to succeed. Um, I know that as we go to him in prayer, as we constantly work to have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit work in our lives, as long as we constantly are putting forth any amount of effort um, in order to grow closer to Christ, he is putting effort in us and giving us the resources that we need in order to succeed, to be the best us that we can be. And as hard as the world may seem at any particular time, it always does get better. And coming from my experiences where I've gone through the lows and I'm like, this is it. This is it. I've reached the pit of despair. There's no way out. There's always been a way out, and it's always gotten better, and it has gotten better faster as I've relied on my Savior to tell me out of those situations. Thank you so much, Josh. I personally have had my uh, heart a little bit lifted today. I've, I've felt the peace of Jesus here with us today, and I really hope that anybody anywhere who is listening to this at some point in the future can also feel the same. I really hope that you felt God telling you something today um, through just a couple of his humble servants. Thank you all for listening. Thanks again, Josh, for being here with us. And of course. As we sign off, I want everybody to know that Christ is your brother. <laughs>